Welcome to Matt and Muhammad's second podcast in which we still have not officially chosen a name, but will by the end of this episode, we promise. Uh, first, we'd like to, as always, thank Low Tide Kava Bar for the kava that we are drinking while we do this show. And we would also like to put out... Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and we would also like to throw out a very special thanks to our dear friend Adam Freeman for voluntarily giving us this <laughs> microphone so we didn't have any more echo sound when we do our show. So in honor of Adam, today's show will be called The Freeman with Matt and Muhammad. Um, thank you, Adam. Thank you for the mic. We do truly, truly appreciate it. And actually, Muhammad and I were talking not you know, just an hour ago about voluntarism and how it is uh, a great way, basically, to uh, – it's a better policy. Yeah, to, orga- to organize ourselves. It's, to, it's right. better to let people deal with each other on a voluntary basis than to force you know, contracts or whatever between people. Um, but yeah, which sort of reminded us of something that happened, uh, quite recently, actually, uh, I'm sure everybody remembers, um, uh, Jill Stein, a couple weeks ago, she asked to donate some, or asked for donations for a recount, uh, in a lot of the battleground states that ended up going for Trump, uh, they flipped, um, they flipped red, even though they're actually blue states. Um, Jill Stein, um, ended up collecting, uh, about... Eight million dollars. Yeah, even though, it, yeah, I think they wanted like two million originally. Um, I think that was only when they were doing Wisconsin's recount. I think when they moved to Michigan and Wisconsin, I think they wanted six, but they ended up getting eight total. Yeah, um, something like that. Uh, and I was like, "That's that's a good change of money that you can do something with." Uh, and then I remembered, like, even going back further, how much Bernie Sanders had collected. Um, I want to talk specifically about Bernie Sanders because a lot of times it's uh, it's our friends on the left that think voluntary interactions wouldn't work necessarily. But uh, Bernie Sanders spent about 168 million. Uh, Clinton, whatever, it's been 157 during this election. Uh, overall, the Democrats 664 million. That's a good change of money, and that reminded me. Well, also a lot of my friends on the left. I, actually, this is everybody. Everybody wants to wants everybody have a you know a house. Some somehow, you want people to have a good home that they can live in and not pay too much on it. And the first thing that came to my mind is um, Habitat for Humanity. They're the ones that um, they have volunteers that build homes. Um, they take money. They they build the house. Um, you know, you can if you go to their website, you can. Put money towards specific things, or you can you can just write a blank check of whatever you're able to afford. Like handicap access are five hundred dollars, bedroom walls are two fifty. A, a lot to build on is twenty five thousand. All in all, if you add the labor costs, it's about one hundred twenty five to. I read this earlier to one forty to build a home. And homeowners that end up you know getting a house, Thrive Debt for Humanity, they just pay for the the costs of the house, the house being built, which comes out to about $500 a month, which is really, really good. Um, all of that money, that's, that's a lot of house. That's a lot of houses. If you look at, at just the $8 million 
that just to give you guys an example, eight million dollars that were collected. If you just say it's going to take a hundred thousand dollars to build a house, um, that's a hundred thousand per million. Ten houses, eight million, eighty houses. Small family of four. Four times eight is thirty-two out of zero. Yeah. That's three hundred twenty people. You know. Uh, that have a home now. That's not common core math right there. That's that's original math. That is, that is the math we grew up with. Right. Yeah, before socialism took over. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's 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 a lot of people with, with homes now that wouldn't need to go out of their way to buy expensive homes and figuring out where they're going to live. Um, so if, if a lot of the times, like I think Bernie Sanders should run once a year, um, but instead of him putting that money towards a campaign of the random office he's running for, all that money goes to one of these uh, nonprofits that help poor people, whether by clothing them, feeding them, or putting them into a home. I don't know. What do you think? Absolutely. No, I absolutely agree. I think that voluntarism is a great way for us to uh, help people. And uh, I know a lot of people on the left will say things like uh, people – Rich people won't help, or rich people won't donate, or rich yeah. people don't care. Uh, but, you know, I believe that this election, in many ways, has proven that people will donate time, people will donate money, people will donate whatever they can in order to help for causes that they truly believe in. Um, and we can all agree that people is a co- are a cause that we believe in and that we can actually work together as a community to help the uh to help those who actually need it um which is actually interesting because the next thing that i want to talk about um goes into a sort of voluntarism um going to be a really weak segue here but (laughs) the uh it is what it is it is we know what we want to talk about right but uh the CEO of Time Warner uh, this past week, Jeff Bukes, I believe is how you pronounce his name, B-E-W-K-E-S, not 100% sure. Uh, he came out and he said that he believes that the Democrats and Hillary Clinton were more of a threat to the First Amendment than the Republicans and Donald Trump because of uh, Hillary Clinton's desire to overturn the Supreme Court's ruling of Citizens United. Yeah, yep, yep. And we we, we kind of talked about the Donald Trump side of things last week, so nobody could say that we're being unfair by just talking about liberals when it comes to free speech this episode. We talked right. about we did, we Donald did. Trump and flag, and flag burning. burning. Yeah, um, which you did have something to say about. I did, uh, I did. Um, yeah, a, a quick throwback to last week's uh, flag burning thing is uh, right now in my front yard I have a pride flag um, that has been here ever since the St. Pete Pride Parade. Um, And for anybody out there, and again, we don't care if you want to burn the flag. We think that is your First Amendment right to do so. But anybody out there who says that they have a right to burn the First Amendment flag, or to burn the flag, the the U.S. flag, uh, and think that there's nothing wrong with it, how many of you would get upset if I were to light the pride flag on fire? Just something to think about. I'm not actually going to do it. It's a cause I believe in. It's something that yeah. I care about. Everybody has free rights. And- we, we both, yeah, we're, we're both all for, I mean, being pro-leaf people alone. That's 
that's why. We have a lot of uh, gay friends and even transgender friends in our community, in our Kava community here in Florida, and friends that are not in the Kava community. There's a lot of gay people here. Right. You know, we're friends with them, and we want to support them. We want to, you know, we're, we're going to defend them and all that. But if we burn the flag, you know, uh, a lot of these people would not like it. They might get, I hate using the word, get extra, extra, extra triggered. Right. Really. Yeah. And, and, and we I would be accused of being yeah. homophobic or whatever. Yeah. And that's a different discussion that I want to have a different day. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So, Democrats or Republicans, which one is worse for free speech? Yeah, um, I still think Democrats, or just people on the left, because a lot of, uh, I've talked to a lot of my friends locally about this, and I'm sure anybody listening to me from the movement that knows what I've done, I used to work as a uh, field representative for the Leadership Institute with the uh, Campus Leadership Program. So I went to different college campuses a year ago in Alabama and Mississippi. Um, this year, for a short while, I worked in, uh, on campuses here in Florida. One of the biggest things that libertarian and uh, conservative students always deal with is being shut down on campus. Um, to get shut down often, uh, it's very arbitrary how it happens. A lot of these schools have very, very, very tiny... Um, free speech zones that are just out of the way. And besides... I disagree with the free speech zone. We live in America. I think that all of America is a free speech zone. We should be able to say whatever we want to say. You are going to have to deal with the personal repercussions of it, but you are protected from the government. Yes. You are protected from the government um, taking action against you for what you say. Exactly. Um, And some people will say stuff about, well... uh, Shouldn't only the students be able to do that? And that's just, that's not true. Um, thing is, when it comes to private schools, we can all agree that a private school, whether it's a school built on socialism or conservatism, should be able to do whatever they want speech-wise on campus. You know, you're, you're paying to go there. You sign a student code of conduct handbook thing that you're going to abide by these rules. Fair enough. But public schools are very different. Public schools have to abide by the United States Constitution, not just the state constitution, because they get federal funding. Thank you, uh, Department of Education. Right. Um, that forces schools to have to accept tax, public money, you know. Um, but, no, on, on public schools, you should be able to do what you want. And actually, to give two examples off of... Um, for both sides, right? There's an organization. There, there's two of them. There's Alliance Defending uh, Freedom, I think that's what it's called, ADF. Um, they're more, uh, I mean, they're right-winged, uh, more conservative. Um, I think a lot of times they focus on, uh, what do they call it, religious uh, apologetics, um, I believe is the term. Um Letting, helping religious people, you know, maintain their free speech on campus and so on and so forth. But there's another organization that we also work with called FIRE. And it's Foundation for Individual Rights in Education. Um, something that happened last year in George, uh, Georgetown, law students were forbidden from basically starting a uh, Students for Bernie group on their campus. So these rules not only affect, they mostly affect conservative libertarian students. I've seen this myself. 
but they can affect even the left. And, and that's why these laws should be fought as much as possible. Even if they're not being actively used at the moment, they will be used arbitrarily. And that's, that's the whole thing when it comes to government laws. It, it gets applied arbitrarily. Um, and then most recently, DePaul University shut up Ben Shapiro. Um, he showed up for a speech that he was trying to, that he was going to be there for. And I think the speech, he was going to be talking about, um, I don't remember. I, I really don't remember. It's something conservative, obviously. If you don't know Ben Shapiro, he's this, he's this like short, cool, conservative Jewish guy. He used to work at, um, Breitbart News and he left when it would, it swung, um, heavily into being like a Trump propaganda machine. Uh, whether you agree with it or not, that's his own thing. Um, but he got shut out too. So it, it affects both sides and it happens often. And if we can't discuss our ideas like that, uh, we're, we're not going to be exposed to a lot of these different ideas um, and, and question ourselves. And that's what's good about it. I like being exposed to ideas that I may be weak on when it comes to arguments on the left. Um, because I don't know if you agree, but it's good to kind of have to step back and think about something you just said because Maybe I'm wrong on this. No, absolutely. I think that um, I definitely think that it's very important to know both sides of every argument and be able to make a legitimate argument based on the knowledge from every aspect of it. Uh, to es- essentially, what it seems like they are creating, much like the Kava community here in Florida is a large echo chamber where everybody seems to agree on everything. And if you don't agree, you're not really ostracized, but people don't take you seriously and they call you, you know, racist, homophobic, whatever, Islamophobic, whatever. And, you know, they just immediately shoot you down saying that your opinion is invalid. Uh, which I disagree with. Um, I believe that you know it's best to be able to look at all sides of the argument mm-hmm. and to shut out certain sides, uh, claiming that you can't say that because it might make somebody offended or it might trigger somebody or whatever the buzzword of the 2017 is going to be. Yeah, um, will only hinder uh, logical. Discussion. Discussion. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Um, it's it's. You think about it as um, controversial, controversial free speech uh, within the last within the last two hundred, three hundred years. Um, abolition of slavery. Right. If they were able to say that you know people should not be talking about abolishing slavery and freeing and freeing people that are slaves. That idea would ne- never have been able to take fold, which um, uh, Frederick Douglass. <laughs> Frederick Douglass, that's a fantastic example. You know, <laughs> he's, he's more, you know, I read something about him. I hate, there's just a small thing in there. If you didn't know, Frederick Douglass did not like socialism. There, was, there, were, there, were, there were a lot of socialist movements uh, kind of taking hold in the, in the States back in the day. And. He went to a couple of those meetings. He did not like what he was hearing. I was like, oh, my God, Frederick Douglass. Right. All my friends are talking about and They have no idea what his politics actually are. That's a fun thing to look up. Um, you know, um, uh, women's rights. Um, that's another thing that was very controversial. Should women be able to vote just like any other man in the country? 
even uh, back in World War II, speaking out against the Japanese internment camps yep. was yeah. very, you know, that was something you weren't supposed to do, even though it was completely wrong and just a violation of basic human civil yep. rights. And that goes, that goes into, like, McCarthyism. Should, should he have... Should we have ostracized communists in the country? Right. Should, I, should I don't they think so. <laughs> should they have been blacklisted from Hollywood, not been able to write yeah. their screenplays or yeah. act or whatever? And speaking of blacklisting, most recently, something I really strongly disagree with, um, this is an organization that I like to work with personally, uh, at least the students, um, Turning Point USA. If you don't know what it is, it's a right-wing it's not exactly a general conservative group, but they are a free market group. Um, they came out with this, it's kind of like a professor's watch list. And they put like liberal, like professors with a liberal slant on there. I think that's just as dangerous personally, because it's McCarthyism again. And I'm like, no, that's what if they did that to our conservative professors? No. You don't you don't want to ostracize people. Go to, go to the classes and be a be a good conservative or a libertarian and and show off and talk to them about what you know. Don't don't worry don't don't worry about who your professor is and what they do. In and, fact, and on the flip side, if you uh-huh. are if you are a liberal, if you are a liberal who listens to our show, one, thank you, and yep. two, um, if you're a liberal and you're in school and you have a very conservative teacher. Um, you know, show off your you know, show off your talents, show off your ability to be able to argue and debate mm-hmm. with them and you know and just just engage in conversation rather than saying, I'm not gonna talk to this person because Yes. And actually uh Obama talked about this as well um earlier this year. That's um, right, he did. I was really impressed when he did that. Actually. Yeah, yeah. I, I was happy that he said that. Yeah, a lot of people on the right, on the, on the right, were very happy when he came out and said that, and I definitely was. I think Obama did some okay things, um, not enough to make up for some of the bad things he'd done or walked back on, right. but enough good things for me to say, "Good job on this, good job on that." One of them being free speech. He said, "You know, don't don't try to shut conservatives out. Talk to them, to test yourself, and show them that they're wrong. You know, show libertarians, show us that we're wrong. That's, I think, that's a good way to go about it." Uh, which, I mean, what do you think about fake news when it comes to, like, free speech? Um, well, okay, well, fake news, everybody knows, hashtag fake news has been all over recently. Um, and I think that the article that listed the sites... It's called Proper Not, I think. I believe so. Um, yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. But I think that that article was a very biased article. They listed some uh, sites where I know some of the people who work for the sites, and they aren't fake news. They're more opinion than anything else, but it's not fake. It's just their slant on it. Yep. Like uh, the Ron Paul Institute was on the list. The Ron Paul the Institute. The Ron Paul Institute was on the, the Ron list. The Ron Paul Institute. Should was I say that again? Right. Exactly. You, I don't know if you know this, but and a, a lot of the younger, from what I've seen, a lot of the younger progressives that I know don't know this person, um, Congressman Dennis Kucinich, big, big friend of Ron Paul and also staunch progressive, staunch progressive Democrat, is on the board of the Ron Paul Institute. You know, both of them stuck together on, their, on, the, on the anti-war thing when the Iraq thing was going on. Um, 
So saying that Ron, the Ron Paul Institute, that's not fake news. And a lot of times they hit both ways. They, they, they haven't been easy on Trump, believe it or not. They, they've said the good things about him. They've said the bad things about him. Zero Hedge is on there. InfoWars is on there. Um, yeah, I don't know what to say in, about InfoWars. <laughs> Info, yeah, InfoWars. That, yeah, InfoWars is a whole different... That, we could do an entire show on whether or not InfoWars yeah. is fake or not. Yeah. Um, um, it really depends on the article, who wrote it, and whether or not Alex Jones called out false flag any time during it. Yep. Um, <laughs> Ending the feds on there. And, yeah, and the fed and was lot, on there. A lot of these are alternative... Or just slanted. They're, they're definitely slanted news sites or opinion sites, and there's nothing wrong with that. The anti-media is on there. Anti-war is on there. And those two specifically have a more uh, conservative, uh, I'm sorry, libertarian uh, lean to them. So is that fake news, or is the mainstream media fake news? Right. When, when George Zimmerman shot Trayvon Martin and the 911 call got released, NBC was the first to release it. And they uh, had edited the 911 call. And in the 911 call that we all heard, George Zimmerman said, and I'm going to paraphrase here, uh, there's a guy, he looks suspicious, he's wearing a hoodie, I think he's black. Everybody heard that and it was like, oh my God, I can't believe this guy is saying he's suspicious because he's black. But in the full 911 call, the 911 operator... Yeah, the unedited one. The 911 operator was prompting him, and he goes, there's a guy walking around who looks suspicious. Okay, well, what's he wearing? He's wearing a hoodie. Okay, well, is he white? Is he Hispanic? Is he Mexican? Uh, he looks black. It was, a, it was a question asked that was answered. So by editing that, aren't they themselves creating fake news and mm-hmm. a fake dialogue? Exactly. Or everybody that's anti-war, especially people, again, on the left. We're sorry we had to do this. Um, the mainstream media took part in a lot of this fake news stuff that's been going on. Um, everybody knows. Weapons of mass destruction, nowhere to be found. But everybody talked about it. Fox obviously talked about it. CNN talked about CNN it. CNN talked NBC, about it. Yep. MSNBC. Um, MSNBC fired Phil Donahue a month before um, he went... I'm sorry, before the Iraq war started, and they replaced it with Countdown Iraq. Everybody in the mainstream media was throwing around the fake news of WMDs, and what happened? We went to war with high public support at the time. Um, So who is giving out this fake news? Mainstream media or, um, you know, alternative news sites? That's up to you to figure out. That's really up to you to decide. And also, if... If you're a member of the right or the left or libertarian or whatever, and a news article comes out, and I'm just going to toss this one out there because I've seen this a lot recently, uh, Pizzagate. For those of you who don't know what Pizzagate is, I'm not going to go into too much depth, but uh, look it up, and you can make your own decision. But Pizzagate, so many people are saying, no, this is fake news. This is fake news, while... They haven't actually done all that much research into what Pizzagate is and where the sources are. Um, so look up Pizzagate. We're running a little short on time because we're trying to keep it close. So look it up. Make your own decision. You can uh, comment on my post on my uh, own personal Facebook page. 
um, or on Muhammad's page, and we are actually working on setting up our own right now. Yeah, we'll be sharing it on our public pages, right? Uh, as, well. as well, yes. Um, but fake news—it's. I think it's more of a excuse now that mm-hmm. I disagree with it. It's, it's fake. fake. Yeah, and so I don't really like it. Um, um, speaking of news, uh, um, before we talk about something that was in the news yesterday, I just found this out. This is local. Um, local being the Tampa Bay area. Yeah, and I, I didn't know this was going on. I'm surprised it hasn't caught on to, uh, too much. Uh, some of my friends saw my, uh, my Snapchat and where I was yesterday morning. Uh, after I left work on, on Thursday, my, eye, my left eye was hurting and it, it, like, it, it got inflamed. It was really big. I had to go to the, the VA. I went to Bay Pines. Uh, it's considered one of the best VA healthcare um, uh, system systems here, uh, or I'm sorry, across the country. It's one of the best hospitals to go to, one of the best campuses. It's beautiful, um, and they have everything there. Um, I didn't have, I did not have a good time there, and here's the thing. I got thick skin, you know. I'm 27 years old. I can handle a lot of things. I don't like how I was treated, you know. My, my feelings were not hurt. I just didn't like how I was, uh, how I was treated. Um, I, t- I spoke to one person at Mod B, which I, f- I forget what that one does at VA, at the VA hospital. It sounded like she did not want to be there. She's like, go talk to Mod A. Went to Mod A. This guy just stared at me when I asked him, hey, um, this, my eye is shut right now. I need, to, um, I need to be seen. He stared at me. I was like, oh, my God, what is going on here? These people just don't want to work here. So he said, go to the lady at the end. Finally, this lady was very... Nice. You can tell that she cared that I was there. And I got seen, thankfully. And I was like, why are these people even here? And if, the, if, if Bay Pines is one of the best hospitals, how are they treating other people at other uh, VA hospitals? On top of that, what I said earlier about being thick-skinned and all that, there's a lot of older veterans there that are actually sick. You know, I went in for my eye. There's people that are sick there. There's people with no limbs. They're, you know... There are families there. What, imagine them being treated like that and how they would feel. I, I, I was a combat medic, and I, I knew that when someone's sick, they don't want to feel worse when they go into a healthcare facility. Um, anyways, we, my buddy Ryan picked me up and took me there. He didn't like what happened. He even dealt with something there while trying to help me out, figure out when I'm getting my meds, which I sim- actually ended up leaving without. Um, and he, I wake up today and he tagged me in a post yesterday, December 9th, Friday at 9.26 a.m. on, uh, the Tampa Bay Times. Um, there's a report that VA staff left a veteran's body in the shower nine hours. And that's not the bad part. The bad part is they tried hiding it. So. And that's just, uh, that's just completely unacceptable. These people, you know, veterans have risked their lives and been willing to give up their lives for our freedoms, and they deserve the absolute best care yeah. in the world. No matter what you think about the war, I'm I'm a veteran. I went to Iraq. I'm quite anti-war. Everybody knows that. But these guys, they 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 go. They answered the call, and they should be treated well and treated with the utmost care and respect. That's what we asked. This we asked them to come, and they went. Treat them with respect. Um, that's which kind of makes me think that maybe we should straight up privatize the VA. Absolutely. Just like any other private hospital. You look at private hospitals, um, 
they don't go, they don't have that. That's unacceptable. I, I was, a, I was a registrar at uh, St. Anthony's for a little bit. You know, we were the first person to speak with at any Baker facility. We have about 17 hospitals all over, all over the Tampa Bay area, all the way to Polk County from St. Pete uh, Pinellas to Polk County. Every single registrar is trained in the same manner. And you're supposed to treat people in, in with the utmost respect. That, that sort of attitude I got at the VA is literally straight up cause and grounds for termination. I, That's how that needs to work. Absolutely. If, if and if not, it should not be treated as a cushy government job that you cannot lose. Exactly. You need to be fired if you are caught treating a uh, patient, especially a veteran, poorly. Yeah. Uh, and if not, I, I say, you know what? You want a veteran's job program? Make it where only the veterans work taking care of veterans because we will take care of each other no matter what. Um, but, right. yeah, so uh, let's talk about the last thing. Real, real quick, we have a very new segment today. It's gonna be, it's the uh, Zach Kami Chorus Corner uh, in honor of our communist friend, Zach Chorus. Uh, and recently, uh, <laughs> a... <laughs> a Marxist vegan restaurant in Grand Rapids, Michigan closed because customers complained that they could no longer tolerate the weird hours, high prices, and long lines. Why was that, why was that happening? Uh, well, because the owner had decided to create a business that did not allow for bosses or managers, promised everybody a living wage, and... Uh, give all employees kind of equal rights on how the restaurant was run. Um, and they, they were running it this way, but if enough employees thought the restaurant should close, they would close and then customers would show up and the restaurant would be closed and they didn't really know how to get a sandwich. And then when they were there, uh, when people were there, it could take 40 minutes for them to get a sandwich uh, the prices were high because everybody was getting paid what they were getting paid. They didn't allow for tipping. Um, and uh, in the article that I was reading, uh, there was a great line where it said, it turns out in a shocking revelation to the store's management that those Soviet bread lines were a bug, not a feature of communism. <laughs> and I thought that was just really funny. That was from an article written by Emily Zanotti on Heat Street. But uh, just a little fun story there about how uh, communism does not work. Uh, what was also really funny was when they asked the manager what he was going to do next, he said, take a vacation. And I nice. thought, wow, that's very nice. Nice. Very, very bourgeois of him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway. Uh, All right, so division of labor is a good thing. Division of labor is a good thing. <laughs> and uh, I don't care what anybody says, even on Adam Ruins Everything, uh, tipping is a better way to handle the service industry because it does make your server work harder. Trust me. It does. On that. Um but that is all the time that we have for today. Again, thanks to Low Tide Cava Bar in Gulfport, Florida for the cava that we drank. Thank you, Adam Freeman, for the microphone. Um, thank you to all of you out there who are listening to us. We do truly appreciate it. Zach Chorus, we love you, but you're a commie. And thank you, everybody, truly. Thank you. Um, and what? Um, 
We're actually going to name our show. Yeah, we do. We do. We do need to name our show. And we are sorry to everybody whose names we did not pick. And even though I do kind of like the Freeman, uh, we have decided on calling ourselves the Muddied Waters of Freedom. Because people think they're free, but they're not. But they are not. And, and it's, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's a very murky area. Yeah. And we are wading through it. Yep, yeah. Muddied waters also, we put the kava that me and them drink. Feel free to look it up. You might have seen me post about it if you follow me. Um, I think all of Matt's friends know what kava is. <laughs> I'm, pretty, I'm pretty certain all of my friends know what it is. Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's a great drink. Uh, we call it, sometimes we call it muddy water. Um, right. The and feeling if you get it. Yeah. If you drink enough of it, we call it getting muddy. Yeah. So the yeah. muddied waters of freedom uh, with Matt and Muhammad. Thank yep. you guys for listening. Where we're going, we don't need roads.